Welcome to Curveball Defied. On today's podcast, we have the pleasure of having Irvin DeGraff. I'm one of those people who think that college is not for everyone. And I think that trade school, the two-year degrees, are way more valuable for most of America than and for all around the world. I don't know how it is in other parts of the world, uh, but I think two-year degrees are way more valuable in the return on investment than four-year degrees. Because if you become an electrician or one of these other tradespeople that do go to those two-year schools, you're going to be done paying your student loans way quicker. And one of the, those that's one of the biggest issues that comes with the four-year degree education. And I know in Europe, college is three years, so it is a little bit different. Uh, but I think that when you do go to college and university, you're paying more for the networking opportunities that you have there, as well as the job opportunities that are available to you once you get out. And I wanted to know a little bit more about what that effect has had, the networking effect has had throughout your career, because you have been able to work at some pretty large companies. And how has that affected your career and the value of networking? Well, the networking is something that uh, from those big companies that I've been working at, uh, being a management consultant, that networking was not really that important or didn't have that important thing going on. But then once I decided to really run on my own and and and, and start and continue as my own consultancy, networking has been crucial. It's a crucial part to, to open doors. Um, it's always good to have past connections that maybe can make an introduction left or right. Um, and networking is... But the thing about networking is not only knowing about the people or they know you. It's more about what they know, what you can offer. That's going to help to open the door. So if you go to a networking event, first of all, you need to be willing to go and say hello and and, and so on. If that's not your thing, that's my thing. I like to go networking and, and, and open things. But then people say, okay, that's fine. But they really don't know who you are. And what you can do. So the best thing is really is, is to go for the next step and saying, okay, we just met. Let's have a coffee one day if you want to and, and see what I, what I can offer. And that's what I basically do is when I have someone with the first meeting, something with someone have a coffee one-on-one, I, they start with your business and that, and I say, what's going on? And I just give small things. Say, have you thought about this? Uh, maybe this, maybe this. So what happens is, even though they're not going to be your client, they know what you can do. And then when you say, listen, I'm looking for this, or they find, say, hey, talk to Erwin or something. So this is the most important thing. It's not only about knowing people. It's more about that they know about you, what you, what you can bring to the table. I think it's more important. And and, and the networking, it's, the thing about networking, you just mentioned that about uh, big companies being working, but people change a lot of jobs. Um, and sometimes it helps that they may be in a new company that opens the door to go, but sometimes it doesn't. So it's not something that I say, oh, I have, uh, oh, I've, I've met someone, it's a big CEO. Yeah, but maybe next year he's somewhere else and not doing it anymore. So it's, 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 um, and networking is a continuous process. Yeah. And I think that it has, networking as a whole has changed throughout the years because right now a lot more jobs offer virtual positions. And I know currently the team that I'm a part of in SAT, my boss is in Australia, I'm here in New York City. So it's completely virtual, but 
I still try to find the best possible way in order to network with people by going to the office and seeing events that the company does have to offer. Uh, what are some creative ways that you have seen that this whole virtual networking mix of things coming together? And what do you think the future of networking is? Well, I think COVID has changed things. Um, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. Uh, the, the personal contact has changed. But on the other side, for example, for one of our companies that is focused on, as you mentioned in the beginning, about open government transparency, uh, before the public organization always said, come here in person. We want to talk to you in person. Sometimes you make a travel, you need to pay the flight, and you didn't know if it's going to work out or not. Now, with the uh, now nowadays, they say, oh, yeah, video call, no problem at all. You know, and, and, and that, that changed things. Um, the future about networking, I'm not a net networking expert, but I think networking is it's still it's going to be more and more uh, important, uh, not the connections. But what I mentioned before is what can you bring to the table that will them allow to say, I want to be part of your network. Um, for example, I'm a big user of LinkedIn, although I'm not post a lot, but I'm I'm a lit connecting with people for, that I think that's interesting. Um, and sometimes you don't talk to people for maybe a few years, but sometimes then comes the opportunity to say, oh, and then you find ways how to network. And, and it's not about the amount of people you know, it's about the quality of the people you know. And, and and networking is it's it's going to continue virtual. We're going to probably also metaverse. I, um, uh, how that's going to work out, I don't know. Um, meeting and people like putting your little headphones or whatever like, thing on mask <laughs> on, and you just stop. And um, if I'm if I would like it, I don't know. Um, I like that personal contact as well. Um, it's like people said after COVID, when COVID came and then instead of doing events in person, let's do it online. But the networking is not the same. Net it's not at all. On no, not at all. Online is really good to do meetings uh, like we do now, talking and, and, and so on, uh, or, or business meetings. This is working really well. And a lot of tools came out of it, making things really good. But at the end, the networking is really that person-to-person -person contact. Um, and, and, and that's always in person, better than, than online. That's my experience. Yeah. And networking, the way that I feel, is turning more into how well could you market yourself. And the best type of networking is producing really good results and having the genuine relationship with people, as you mentioned, going to get a coffee or trying to find... Like, for example, I think that the best thing you could do in order to get somebody to know who you are is find what they're looking for and find the solution to their problem. Exactly. Because if somebody's having, in, like, even your favorite content creator, if you see an issue that he's having making his YouTube videos or whatever he may have, you identify that and you reach out to them and you tell them, hello, I see that you have this issue. I would love to help you fix it. And this is how I'm going to fix it. If he like, there's a pretty good chance that he's going to respond. And I know from past experiences, when I've seen an issue that I felt like I could solve or I could connect somebody with somebody that could solve, the person was always super grateful. And one thing that you have to remember is that these people, these content creators, they're also people at the end of the day that make mistakes and do need help. And I think that a lot of people are scared to reach out to them or scared for that next opportunity because they don't feel like they're ready. And that whole imposter syndrome does come. 
How do you prepare yourself for that next opportunity and tell yourself that you're ready for it and feel like you're ready to be there? Well, first of all, feeling, if you feel you're ready, you feel ready. I think certainly after so many years in business, you have a certain confidence about yourself and you know what you can do or not do. And when the opportunity comes, what I do is always evaluating the opportunity and go. And, um, and certainly when you mentioned just before, um, if someone has an issue and offer a value, sometimes you just connect and say, hey, have you written that article? Read it. It's, I think it's going to help you. I think really the, 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 the quality of the network that you're going to create is about the value they're going to give to them. Because once you give them that value, they're going to see, as I mentioned before, is if they see what you can bring to the table is really going to be helpful and you're there to help them. And, and then, of course, there's a certain uh, exchange of, of, of money going on in a certain amount of time, because otherwise this is not going to work. But that's just all. And, and they know that because certainly if you have one small thing you give and then it's, oh, he knows what he's talking about or she knows what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've been you've been in the space and in the industry for a while, and I'm sure you've been able to give great advice, see how founders are, as well as people on the other side. What are some main mistakes that you've seen from startup founders uh, with the way that they develop these relationships with investors and what they're looking for from the investment? Oh, that's a good question. Um, what I've seen lately, as of the last, maybe last two or three years about startups is, and founders mostly, they find an idea, they say, I have an idea. And the first thing to think about is, oh, I need to find an investor. I need to find money to invest in my project, which is a mistake um, generally for about 95% this is a mistake uh, because as a starter, if you start something up, you should really create a product or the service that you want, test it in the market, have an MVP and start getting sales. I think a majority of startups could be bootstrapped if you just focus on instead of spending so much time looking for a potential investor if you would use that time to sell and open doors and sell to some companies or people that would like your product and start making sales once that is running maybe sometime i'm talking to startups and say i'm looking for an investor okay uh how, yes i just still need to launch say first of all launch your product doesn't matter if it's not perfect. Never can, it can never be perfect. Just launch and start and start get momentum. Start making some money, um, and and then maybe in a certain moment in time, that is when you go to an investor. You say, "Listen, that's my product. That's what I'm making, and that's where I want to get." Then they're going to be interested, but not on an idea. Investors don't spend on an idea. Yes, you had in the past the big ones about Twitter and Facebook and so on that they came. Uh, nowadays, I think it is less because there's so many startups coming and, and uh, investors are much more precise looking at what is specifically, is this really worth, of course, the team is important, but I think that that make money first and then sometimes you can just put yourself to, I just read an email that was sent to me about a SaaS company they sold for $20 million bootstrap. It is, it is possible because is it just what is it? I didn't read it in detail, I just went, went over quickly, it was just before the call. But it is just saying, okay, I got a, a great product, I do have a market that's possible. 
let's start market yes but i need money to market well no but something just knocking on the doors and pure old networking and and, and connecting and say i've got this and and you've got one and a second and, and start rolling and, and sometimes um yes i said 95 percent. sometimes you have that five percent of startups that have a certain idea concept which are really good that need a certain certain like in, in deep tech and in, 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 and so on that need a certain amount of investment to really go quickly growing because otherwise maybe the competition from over the ocean is going to take you over and i always say to startups the investment of looking for investors should be your last option in general and, and investors, and I'm, I'm one, but I'm not, I'm not a startup investor. I'm a merger and acquisition investor. I'm, I'm more in, in buying and, and uh, selling businesses, which also can apply in the startup world. But uh, I always say investors are annoying. They're a, uh, they're, they can be a pain because sometimes are in the same article, someone wants to sell a SaaS, uh, but they couldn't because the investors said, no, we just didn't put money. I don't want you to sell because I want to go to the moon. Because uh, so investors can be, it's nice to have the money, but they, the money doesn't come alone. The investors come as well and they have their requirements. They have their own ideas. Yeah. And I think that a lot of startups go and raise capital because they think that it's going to solve all the issues that they have. And right now with mental health being, one of the biggest issues around the world, they think that this money is going to help them with that. Uh, what do you think is like the best way to distress from work and have your mental health still be fine while still plugging in and putting in all those hours at work and trying to achieve these like abnormal things from yourself? Well, first of all, know yourself, know your body. Because everybody's body is different, so you, it's something that I had to learn um, uh, in the past, that, and I really learn now to listen to my body to know what is the limit I have. So you need to first of all know what limit do you have, how far can you go, how much can you take before you're going to go down, um, and then secondly, it's learning also to be able to, um, and that's the most challenging thing is to be say, like I'm, I'm work at most, as I mentioned, I, I've got my home office and, and when I need to learn, when I go out the door of my home office and see my kids and my wife to make that switch, it's not that easy because sometimes you go. So what I've done is like for me in the week, I, I focus a lot of time on my work, um, even in the evening sometimes, but in the weekends, other decisions I make in the weekends, I don't do anything except there's an exception if there's an emergency or something, or I've got a certain event to go to. But generally, that's it. That's my time to de-stress, to spend time with my kids and do stuff and my wife and, and going on. So, um, and, and, and of course, I know I've been there. You, you launch something, you want to launch, you want to go. Uh, but I always, what I always say is, you only can help someone else if, first of all, you have helped yourself. So when 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 you got a project and you're gonna go for it and uh, you uh, spend as much time as you can, but find a balance to sometimes deconnect. And sometimes the deconnection doesn't have to be long, but sometimes just go out for a walk for half an hour or just go for uh, skipping lunch and dinner. Well, certainly lunch. Don't skip it because sometimes just deconnecting, having some lunch and then coming back to the office 
can help you to really it's the same what happens to me when i sometimes something i need and i can't find a solution to something what i sometimes do is just leave it go i go out and then I'll come back and sometimes just do whatever it is. Sometimes I just go, I'm going to hit some uh, some golf, practice some golf. And that's, oh, that's the, that's the idea. Write it down. And when I come back, I got the solution. So, and, and, and the de-stress is, um, it's, it's, it's challenging. I know it's challenging. And certainly when you're young, you think you can, you're going to conquer the world. Um, but listen to your body. I think this is the most important thing. Listen to your, what your body says and don't go over the limit. Yeah. Thank you so much, Irvin, for taking the time and giving us these valuable lessons. We really appreciate you taking the time and we'll put in the footnotes, your LinkedIn, if anybody from the audience wants to reach out, as well as your website so people could read more about your story and your journey in case they want to reach out that way. If there's anything you want to share to the audience, now is your chance. Well, thank you, first of all, David, for inviting me and, and everyone. This, um, If you have a startup, if you have your business, it's always uh, do what you like to do. And, um, and and sometimes when you do something and you feel it's not yours, uh, sometimes you may, as we mentioned during the day, this call, sometimes you make that decision to say, okay, it's time to switch and go for something you love and, 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 and go for it and never give up and, and, and go for it.